0: You're listening to The Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective and hello everybody welcome to the end of no to the end of end of february i was about to say november something. i was like where did november why? come from i was like where, uh, where, 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 where? it's been a long week since last week not really it's just been a week <laughs> it's hi been a week. i'm your host marvin yue joining me as always is my co-host minji cheng
1: what's up everybody
0: and joining us this week we have jason lee from the jubilee project hello hello jason. director filmmaker actor extraordinaire extraordinaire, extraordinaire. <laughs> i like how you added that at the time. Very for myself nice. yes just in case you didn't know own right? it. Thank you for having own you. it i'm so excited How's i love podcasts so. yeah
1: and you're you're just telling us. So this is, is this your first podcast? This is my first
0: podcast.
2: I'm a wow. I'm an avid podcast listener.
1: Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I,
2: I've listened to several of you guys' podcasts. I, I just listened to one. Do you but, really? But Dang. that's not true. I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. <laughs> no one listens to this. Literally on the way over, I was listening to the one with Andrew. I didn't get through the whole episode, but um, he was great. I thought. Whenever Andrew awesome. comes,
1: we talk for a really long time. So this is your first podcast recording but then you're also mentioning that you had another radio interview this morning. So yeah. it's like an obviously an onslaught of I,
2: I've never been on the radio ever <laughs> and <then> suddenly <laughs> today I'm on two different Yeah, this is amazing. It's so cool. This morning I had a an interview with Senator Brad no, what's his name? Senator Bill Bradley.
1: Very cool. Uh,
2: but they're in the East Coast, so I have to like, get up at 6 o'clock. And oh, that's the worst. I know. And not sound like I just woke up. Because <laughs> people going to be like, this little boy, you just woke up? <laughs> yeah. The-
0: <Hello. laughs>
2: did you just wake up? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you did wake up really early.
2: Well, I was so nervous about being... Like being on the radio and just having just woken up uh, that I woke up at four, like without an alarm. I was just like freaking out and just laying there for two hours waiting. <gasps> so I'm, ready. You, I'm ready. <laughs> <exactly>. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready.
0: So when you, ha- when you have a very important like phone interview or Skype interview, do you yeah. dress up for that or do you just <laughs> oh whatever? at home? Pajamas, yeah.
1: man.
2: That's a good question. No, I, I brushed my teeth <laughs> because I felt like, you know, that's like so inappropriate to not have brushed my teeth. But I was still in my sweats. Nice. Um, I was rocking, actually, my collab t-shirt. Nice. Yeah. Which she's rocking right now, and I love it. Proudly rocking now. Um, but no, no, no. I did have, like, I did say a couple of lines before we even got, got on the call, because I was like, I've never, you know, i got to use the voice and see what Nice. I mean.
0: Yeah. I feel like sometimes when I'm doing a very important interview... I dress up a little more just to feel. It's like when you work at home. Oh yeah. And you, you just have to put on pants to do work because <laughs> if you, you know, if you do you, no, if you walk around in your PJs, you're just gonna fall asleep on the that's, couch. That's weird because right? no
2: one can see this, but Marvin and Minji both have no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: hey. I thought, wait a second. No. We're in LA. So, <laughs> we're in
1: a bathing suit. Whatever. When I
0: did my when I did my grad school interview over Skype because I went to University of Maryland for grad school. Okay. Um, so they interviewed me via Skype. Uh, I'm so sorry to whoever interviewed me. I was not wearing pants. But I was wearing <laughs> a blazer uh, and a suit, and I was wearing a blazer, a dress shirt, and tie. So everything above, I was like doing the, you know, yeah. what you see is very professional. Want
1: to know a funny story? So the first year that I was executive director for collaboration San Francisco, we needed my photo for the pamphlet for like the sure. director's welcome, blah blah blah. And I was living in San Francisco at the time. My roommate loves to dabble in photography, so she had a nice camera, and I was like, oh shit, I needed. A- i need to take my photo it's like it was due that day because it was yeah. like a hard that of course i waited till the last minute and they're like do it now and i was like i just got up so i am wearing a nice shirt and i did my makeup and yep. then i'm wearing sweats underneath like that's my it's not as bad as yours because i i'm wearing pants of some sorts
0: i was wearing okay
1: I'm not
0: gonna, <laughs> the, the, but we I all was, have stories where we're like not
1: fully dressed the the For tiny one really? percent chance. We're of, like, all super there's a fire in the back <laughs> or, like, Yeah,
2: <laughs> your dog is like barfing, you have to get up and they're like, Wait a second, this guy has no, no
0: I I I just crawl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would go down. Excuse me. Hold on. It's elevator move. Yeah.
0: We're all um, super professional guys. Yeah. So just to let you know.
1: <laughs> but you're totally right that what you wear does impact how you act a lot. That's the whole reason why people get dressed up because you suddenly become like I'm a professional. I am serious.
2: Here's the thing that I experienced. I went to school on the East Coast and I was uh, like in corporate America as a consultant before I moved here. So different, right? So So I was in like suits, I was business casual. But when I moved out to LA, I realized there's like a different outfit that's necessary for filmmaking for uh, filmmaking <laughs> for creatives yes. because i was kind of wearing like really preppy like slacks and stuff and i i was giving no love yeah I everyone realized, else can't take you second. seriously they're yeah, like what like, is it with this bro <laughs> i need some like tight jeans and you know flannel, flannel. like a low cut <laughs> yeah.
0: shirt
1: graphic tees of some sort
0: uh, you know, i mean like a lot a of um, a lot of creatives have like this just um antagonistic view on suits right so if you look like a suit man, you're like you're narc, you're coming to narc on us, man. Exactly. Stifle my creative juices. And, you don't get
1: us,
2: oh. but that's how I feel sometimes. I feel like I need to wear, I need to look cool and hip. Mm. And you do though. Thank you. Well, <laughs> it's been three years.
0: Uh, it's been beaten
1: out. He's like, I learned the ways. <laughs> it is an adjustment. It's a total culture change whenever yeah. you come to LA or to even the from West the Bay running.
0: down. Like you gotta like, you don't wear your North Face anymore, or like all your occasion, hiking gear. I do on
1: occasion because I'm a wuss and I can't handle weather under sixty-eight degrees. Apparently, I yeah. I'm a total wuss. But it is. I did notice recently, like, oh, I'm wearing heels for no reason because they just go cute with the jeans, and I was like, who right. am I? I used to talk so much crap. I was like...
2: We've become them. Man. I know. It's okay. I love I L.A. Love now. I know. I, just say, just <laughs> I, I do in. love my North Face, but I have
0: not worn that for years. I'm sorry, I've but been... it was
1: freezing this winter. There <laughs> were some really cold moments. <laughs> it I was... also wore parka.
0: Okay. That's true. But it's been... like We're not going to go into weather. Yeah. No. Okay. I <laughs> refuse. No <laughs> weather, <each> no <laughs> traffic. Yeah, Because
1: okay. everyone else will hate us.
0: Each and every week, we start the podcast out with a roundtable discussion where we talk about the pop culture or Asian American issues or stories that is on our minds and let's start this week with minji what's on your mind
1: what is freshly on my mind i showed this yesterday on my facebook and it was just a lot of people have read it i don't know if everyone has but it's just the the yelp girl that got fired and the subsequent response by one miss stephanie williams who i have much respect for she's 29 i think the girl that got fired is like 25 there's not that much of a age gap but apparently this girl just um went on a very open complaint about uh lifestyle and living wages in san francisco working for yelp which is yelp and e24 i guess they're the same company now and um just saying that her life is not sustainable the way Mm -hmm. that she's been living that she's super poor and she's suffering in xyz and so the response to that i mean to whatever degree of Truth, obviously, to like her math when she broke down like how much she actually makes, which is like eight dollars an hour after taxes, saying that she can't live in the Bay Area off of this, et cetera, et cetera. But the response from Stephanie, which I really it resonated a lot with me, was just she just ripped her a new one. Mm-hmm. She just went off about um the entitled attitude of this young woman you know not really ripping apart the fact that yes it is really expensive to live in the bay area but if you if your attitude is that you are entitled to xyz like this type of salary and this type of lifestyle and she just dove into it, the detail like what is your lifestyle do you live with roommates like do like a lot of people have had to deal with far far worse than you And you're making this huge, like, production and getting donations in your PayPal to, like... Really? Yeah. She asked for donations. I don't know if she asked for it, but she... I mean, somehow people got access to her personal PayPal account, so there had to be some sort of... Interesting. ...acknowledgement of that. So it's just this conversation between people that are, like, three, four years in age difference. Right. But... And she's saying, you know, I have been you. I've been a struggling young person. She's a writer, professional writer. And she just goes off about her life. And so it's just, I don't know, being 30 and, like, working, having worked since I was a teenager. And, actually ex- like, a lot of it hit home mm. with, like, the struggles that you face trying to figure out your career and whatnot. But, I don't
2: know. But you're kind of saying that both sides resonate with you, right? Because you've been there where you kind of feel like, oh, this is pretty tough. And you've been through it. So you're kind of like. Yeah.
1: But the thing is, what I learned at this age was that I was wrong to complain about what uh, I did. So I agree with Stephanie okay. that, like. It's a wine fest, <clears throat> I but like to publicly wine and blast her CEO and all so that So that's stuff. an important
2: question, actually, because this is my first time hearing about it. Where uh, did she post this? On Medium. Oh, okay. So she wrote an entire blog, like an article. Yeah. 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 That's
0: pretty public. <laughs> so yeah. I, I saw this story floating around, probably originating from your Facebook. I think the thing that caught my eye was the headline, which obviously headlines are written to gather clicks, right? Mm-hmm. But it says, you know, 29 year old millennial bashes or trashes 25 25 year old -old Yelp employee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the reaction from some people is like, wow, millennials starting to get it. But then at the same time, like because the millennial generation has been trashed for so long, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: maybe you're just starting to realize we're just people like you guys are, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm. But then you're like, what you've been reflecting on, and when I didn't, because we graduated college at a time where we could still get jobs. Right. So, like, I feel like that experience has been really different. What I hear from people younger than us and like Mm -hmm. feeling so discouraged or like hopeless about being able to live once they graduated college, I didn't experience that. So, I'm trying to be as empathetic and compassionate as possible. Well, we were
0: on the tail end of like basically the reason I went to grad school is because I lost my job during the the Great Recession. Yeah. And that affected us because we were still in the beginnings of our careers at that point. Right. And, So that's kind of the discrepancy between our generation, say, like the baby boomers, right, where when they had a plan and they could follow that plan and they could be set. You know, if all you wanted was a steady job, good money, like raise a family and, you know, retire when you're 60, everything was in place. For us, what we're starting to realize is we have to start, like our generation had to kind of fight more for. Our piece of the pie, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and our piece of pie was already was a small like <laughs> right. portion of the pie because of just all this like. We can go into deregulation <laughs> and, and all that stuff and banking and whatever. But the the truth is, our generation does have a lot more stacked against us, and it's, we're no less scrappy or ambitious as our parents were. Mm-hmm. But we've always been told we're like special or whatever. That's like part of our our upbringing. I'm not disputing that. I mean we are special Either yeah we, we are, are special. special what are you saying but then I mean, the some of us special. a lot of us have had to you know nut up and like really try prove it yeah. right while others kind of just crumble like realizing that we're not going to have like this set plan that yeah. we were told to going to be c there and, yeah and some people Get your can, pension and, your and this is where we see you know difference between you know like people who can embrace risk and go for it is all right plan a is not working plan b c it is and right. some people like Well, if Plan A is not working, what, what have I been working on for all my life and what do I do now? Yeah. You know. I think it's really interesting because I think the
2: smallest silver lining that's come out for our generation because I graduated in 09 so that was like right after the bus, right? So I yeah. like, oh my God, we're not going to get any jobs. Yeah, We're
1: screwed.
0: Right. Everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to be poor yeah. forever.
1: Yeah. That was and the time
0: actually of where all my law school friends got out of law school and it's like, exactly. all the firms weren't hiring anymore. Yeah. And everything that we had
2: said, okay, A, B, C, D, if we do this, then we will make a lot of money and we'll be successful. Suddenly, none of that was true. And It was devastating in one hand. On the other hand, what was really cool for a lot of people, I think this is what you're getting at, is that... It opened up the realm of possibility of wait a second. Mm-hmm. I thought if I was going to be a lawyer or a businessman or a doctor, then I will be successful. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, it's like no, actually, I kind of want to be a filmmaker, right? Or mm-hmm. I kind of want to be an artist, or I kind of want to be an architect, like whatever that is. Right. And I've seen so many more people do some of those things because of that norm has been shattered. So right. it's more difficult in some way, but it's also liberating. I think in some ways. For yes. Us.
1: Well, you I mean, know. and that's what I really resonate like with with this response to it was that. Look, no one's saying that what you're dealing with is not hard, but what you're gonna what what will what results you will reap from the attitude that you're complaining, like just mm-hmm. putting on blast that, that the company is wrong and that, you know, da 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 Maybe it is too. Like I'm not even taken away with that. I lived in San Francisco. It is expensive. disgustingly yeah. expensive. And I watched it change throughout the course of my entire life, how the prices of living costs just rose astronomically. And it's still like one of the most expensive places in the entire country to live and for honestly not that nice apartments. real talk San Francisco's <laughs> an old ass city okay uh-huh. you're not getting like a nice apartment for like $2,000 for a bedroom right, for real right. so it's not like and I, I get that but what she's talking about is work ethic and what she's talking about mm. is entitlement and that's the part I think that a lot of older generation look at younger kids like saying you're all just attention hungry and that you think you are magical unicorns and that you don't have to eat crow or you don't have to do something that you think is beneath you to like struggle and hustle to then earn your way to a certain place and that's where she's coming from and you know that's just my upbringing too yeah, with like sure. my korean parents and immigrant parents like i've been working since i was 14 and i don't think it was legal then to work but um, <laughs> i've been working yeah. you know earning my allowance and everything like that so if i wanted to buy a pair of shoes like i bought them so it's like a difference of yeah. lifestyle and expectation but like i feel like girl's pain but just yeah her adi- and this is probably her really big wake up call like her Oh, yeah. Put on your big girl hands yeah. and like deal with it because a lot of people have to work multiple jobs. They have to work jobs that suck. And it's
0: tough. Yeah. So
1: I just ap- I appreciate the conversation. Yeah. That's that good. That I mean, that's the other
0: about. thing that I learned pretty early on with, you know, Facebook and everything. It's like sometimes I type out something kind of emo and then I look at it for a second like I don't really want to say this out loud. Yeah. You know, so really then I delete, delete it. it delete, right? delete. <laughs> I've done that quite a few times. Um,
1: this is the value of journaling yeah. where you go back to like your seven years ago self and, and put you're it like, away. crying you're yeah like, no, I went I and I this. like
0: archived my entire blogger from my high school days life like,
1: is so hard I was reading
0: like who is this asshole
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's because you can you can kind of feel it right when you're about yeah. to put something out that you know might create some kind of a response and sometimes you want that mm-hmm. but also you should know like wait a second is this beneficial like is this yeah. actually going to create great dialogue or am I just putting this out there to be whatever Dramatic
1: yeah. and whatever, <laughs> but the but the funny. Okay, so me being the eternal optimist, silver lining to that is that whether you are uh, self aware enough to see that or not, ultimately, if it does create this dialogue or this lash back <laughs> backlash, I, 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 I heard
0: that. It. No, I <laughs> we um, not, not try to make that. to Make, no, no, make, no, someone someone make no, that no. into a t shirt. No, yeah, yeah. And send
1: it with, with an eyeglass. Um, <laughs> but whether you like, ironically, the rest of the world benefits off of your drama oh, because yeah. we get to kind of observe and be like. Why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> we, we, probably, we probably all need to
2: go through that too, right? Yes. Like,
1: yeah. Like just I a totally times in our
0: life, just get really humiliated and just one last takeaway before we move on to Jason's topic yeah. is you're right, everyone goes through these struggles, but in the current age of social media, it's easier for everyone to hear about it.
1: Right. But right? mm-hmm. all
0: these things used to be like something you would journal right. or go you tell your closest friends. I mean, happened, or yeah. tell your bartender sure. or like, you know, whatever. And now there's a way for you to for
1: 1.7 million people, are and then, like <laughs> yeah,
0: you can go viral is, like, like that. What we're starting to realize now that we're getting older, you know, and like turning 32 next in like two weeks, uh, is that man, kids are dumb, <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> and like I was equally as dumb when I, I was yeah. so dumb. 22. Yeah. And like, absolutely, I'm so glad that we didn't have Facebook or Twitter when I was in high school.
1: I was bad enough with Zanga. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. still have that to. stuff is gone. Yeah, Mine's I had the archive. it was pretty bad oh, when man. I read it. I was like, Oh no! What was your dark?
2: what was your Zanga? It's, it's not out publicly now, obviously. No. But what was your handle? Do you guys remember? Mine's was Calicanadian. Calicanadian. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: You're wow. so not Canadian. You lived there for like <laughs> point eight years. It's because you
2: came from Canada and you lived in
0: California. I was born, after born that. in Canada. Oh, okay, um, and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Canada. Yeah.
1: Calgary, not Canada.
0: You might be heading there. I soon.
1: love Canada. I'm just saying you're not Canadian. Um, what did I? I don't even remember.
0: Mine was a. Uh, I had
2: a couple, but my yeah, last mine... one was the least embarrassing, so I'll share that one. Mine was JPEG twelve. <laughs> I don't know JPEG 12? why. JPEG twelve. Yeah, uh, that's clever. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: AOL screen names are like the worst. Oh worst. no, we don't yeah. need to talk uh, about that. <laughs> I had. I was unoriginal. I just. I just used my Chinese name.
1: Okay, that's pretty um, good though. Like
0: that's great now, right? But like I had friends who was like Asian rage. Or I like, yeah, I did oh yeah. Oh Mine um, had Xs. Mine yeah, had mine numbers. had
1: Xs and. Peter mine code. had forever in it. Oh god. Like,
2: you know, like, chen, like with zero no vowels, two. right? No vowels. <laughs> <laughs> <And like laughs> mine was forever with the number, the numeric four EVA. Oh, oh and I my was God. J, I was J Dog, obviously. So. Oh, my God. So
0: For, I was forever? X, small X, big X, forever, J dog big X, small X. My friend no, drove a... That is mine. That's so my, embarrassing, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> my friend drove a Subaru, so he was like, whatever, 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 WRX.
1: Oh, oh my yeah. god!
0: <laughs> Wait, you have to tell tell us yours now. No, I
1: had a couple. I, I had um, kimchi girl. So kimchi with two e's. No. I don't know why, but kimchi with an i just seems so small and abrupt. Yeah. So I'd extend it. Is kimchi e with e e girl g u r l. Yeah. Zero one two. Of course. Leave me alone. And then the second one, <laughs> I had so multiple. Good. I had. I don't remember all of them. The other one was something Chunsa. Yeah, um, which is
2: like angel in Korean two f-
1: and then someone took 012 because of, of course that already existed so I had to do 250 which in PagerCode was XO
2: oh my gosh we're going PagerCode okay, yeah page we code. did we're going also- I did isn't it so funny now maybe it's because we grew up with that generation now when you're trying to get your email you're like I want Jason Lee yeah like, I don't want <laughs> yeah. don't give me any numbers yeah <laughs> Don't freaking give me any. Simple. And that's why now, like, when I that's what, it's publicly, like, that's why I'm Jason Wiley, because there's so many Jason Lees. Oh, yeah. Otherwise,
1: I'm
0: like, Jason Lee number 5,622, <laughs> yeah. you know?
1: And I don't want the numbers. Yeah. All right. This
0: is all to say yeah. that we were all young once and dumb. Correct. And did dumb things. Correct. Um, and whined a lot. But these days, I think, like, the internet is forever. And to all our young listeners, just think.
1: Not even that, yeah. too. But I think what listen from this is be ready for feedback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're going to put it out there and, like, by all means, if you're really passionate and believe in something and, like, feel the that conviction and you want to share your thoughts, that's also, like, totally fair. This is a country of free speech. And what you might say will educate a lot of other people, but people will have responses, too. So just be prepared for that. That's a lot to take. Yeah. I, I definitely, yeah. that 20-something version of me would not be able to handle thousands of people calling me an entitled bitch you know i just couldn't i think that would have really messed me oh, up Oh yeah, yeah absolutely so who's you know that's why i also kind of want to give this girl a hug whoever talia <laughs> jane yeah. is like i'm so not it's a, okay. I'm like yeah it's okay. you're growing up grow
0: up <laughs> you're right speaking of instant feedback uh jason yes oscar so why is on your mind we touched on this a couple of weeks ago but yeah well yeah. first off i love the oscars i'm
2: mm-hmm. like the guy who like I have an Oscar, like, I'm Oscar party every year. Nice. It may or may not be a drinking game.
1: Do you wear tux? <laughs> <laughs> a tux? Just on the top. It's a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no
2: <laughs> pants on the bottom. Of course. Of course. Um,
1: Staying in theme. But
2: we, you know, everyone fills out the who they think is going to win. We have teams where it's, like, categories. So, like, if George Clooney shows up, one team is drinking. If Brad Pitt shows up, Oh, the my other. goodness. You know, so things get fun. And it's mainly just because we love films and we want to celebrate that, right? And just you like to drink. Uh, yeah, yeah. First, yes, yes it's I'm a fun way that's it. a fun yeah, game absolutely Ain't uh, that. some
1: people have the Super Bowl some people have the Oscars it's a we have both. four yeah, hour we have both. show <laughs> you it's a long show yeah. and, you know we it's like getting to getting longer every year
2: safely uh, and not driving that's good um, good
1: overextended amount of time
2: but so this is a big thing for us and my family and people that I'm close to every year. But this year, when the Oscars are, Oscars are so white, has, let me just say it again, Oscars <laughs> so white came out. I was like, oh my God, wait a second. Should we be boycotting this as well? <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> wait I'm, a, a I'm a filmmaker and obviously I'm not white. And I felt, wait a second, what's going on? And I looked at all the nominees and I said, well, you know, these are all great actors and actresses and folks, but where are really, where are the people of color? Mm-hmm. Not only... Asian Americans but really everywhere you know where are any of them yeah. and um, so yeah it's just something out of my mind uh, I decided I do want to watch the, f- watch the Oscars and I, I will be I'm really interested to see what like Chris Rock's gonna do because I feel like he's gonna come out in a really poignant way um,
0: if he just keeps throwing shade about Oscars so white that'd be that'd be perfect <laughs> that'd be great yeah, yeah. And, and the truth and it's Chris is,
1: Rock. You kind of just like expect and welcome it from it's him. It's also yeah. the
0: Oscars and the kind of like
2: dulls the blade a little bit. And I think he's not going to do it in just the – in a easy way. I think he's going to do it in a sophisticated way, which is what okay. I'm really, really interested in watching. Yeah. Um, but the truth is, I mean, this is going to be – next year, I think it's going to be – honestly, I think it's going to be just as white. Even though there are all these changes that they're trying to implement – and the big problem, obviously, it comes back to just the actual films, right? Yeah. Who is in the room? And when it's a bunch of white men who have been making films for the last two hundred years, then white men will be in the films as well. Right. And when, one thing that's interesting with television and, and a lot of other places online is we're seeing, you know, black women and Asian women and Latino men, like everyone else, is coming out of the woodwork because we're starting to write and be in that room. I think it's going to happen. Hopefully, in the next ten years for the Oscars, but I agree. The next couple ones we're gonna be watching a lot of it's white gonna be men. same same yeah.
1: conversation that's the exact same thing I was like it's not going to change next year mm-hmm. but my our goal my goal in my heart is like yeah in five ten years because we still need a lot of people to create more stuff and here's the other thing that I was arguing with my friend I was like it's and this is kind of like when it comes to like the feminist uh, argument as well mm-hmm. saying that I'm a feminist doesn't mean I hate men and oh, by yeah. saying that uh, I, I like agree with the oscar so wait doesn't mean that i hate all the movies that got nominated i no, love all the movies all. that got yeah. nominated and all the actors and everybody too they're all incredible yeah. which is why they deserve those nominations but it's just also like those are not the only movies that ever were made
2: exactly <laughs> the only
1: ones to be considered is exactly. that's the thing you know
2: like for instance if the response by the oscar or the academy awards was you know what oh my god people are so upset about this let's give i don't know let's give uh elba let's give him the oscar for for best male actor Mm. and i'm like no wait a second leo deserves this act like i think that's just as bad right Mm -hmm. just to say wait we want to put diversity in what what's happening is we just need more roles where and there are great roles where people are just starting to
0: shine and we need to like see that right and yeah i mean it's diversity is not a quick fix it's not just like oh well you know it's it's not a it's not a
2: there's no affirmative action yeah. for diversity, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Especially like when it comes to art, when
0: everything's so subjective. Mm-hmm. And but I think what people are at, looking for is just some form, some form of acknowledgement from like the leading body of what is good in movies, yeah. and whose like prestige has honestly been waning in the last couple of years too, just because of how the world is sort of moving on without it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like personally, I, didn't, I don't know if. Um, straight out of Compton makes that top 10 list. Mm-hmm. But definitely I feel like uh, Michael B. Jordan in Creed definitely deserves or deserves some recognition as mm-hmm. a nominee, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because that was a really good movie. And maybe the fact that it's, it was a Rocky movie kind of did right. it a disservice. But then Sylvester Stallone got the nom for Best Supporting Actors. Yeah, so. yeah. For me, it was it – was, because i don't think idris elba was nominated
2: was he from no, a beast of Donation. No, no. have you guys no. seen that on netflix
1: i no. have been trying to build up the courage because i know my heart's gonna be. it's ripped so pieces, intense you I have heard. to be prepared for it like that's you can't exactly just be like why. hey let's watch this i know because
2: that's what happened with me and my friend and we were like oh my god
1: like <laughs> no i'll watch love actually for the 80th time instead because right. i can't handle this right now
2: right but this he killed it he kills it and you're like oh my god this is the same guy who's like in the wire and like mm-hmm. He's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he wins the the Oscar, but he should be nominated, I think. Yeah.
0: We'll see. We'll see. He was also in Pacific Rim, the greatest movie of all time.
1: I did not watch that.
0: It's pretty bad, but awesome. (laughs) I was about to say, (laughs) yeah. I stand by my (laughs) I don't Uh, know.
1: But you know what's funny? In light of the Oscar So White controversy, which has been an ongoing conversation for a while now, but USC just released this study this official study which is so funny that i listened <laughs> to it on npr yesterday and then people were talking about it on the radio while i was driving i heard someone mention it and now people are sharing it on on yeah. facebook and whatnot i'm like is this i'm sorry did is, <laughs> is this new like oh we needed usc to Our affirm friend, my... um,
0: right yeah.
1: So i was like now it's nice that npr is acknowledging and it that's again right. brought to the forefront of discussion mm. great but i was like <laughs> what,
0: what? Yeah. so in context i think um the the article the headline was study shows that Asians and minorities. that Hollywood
1: excludes minorities women <laughs> and LGBT
0: oh yeah people yeah. oh yeah.
1: Okay, thank you, USA. No, but seriously, thank you for them for, like putting in and study and making it official. But, yeah, because
0: like, now that we now can reference it, right? Exactly. Because
1: Look, you do need data. I'm sorry, I'm a total nerd, UC Berkeley nerd, but I I say get give me the facts, and they'll give me a catalog. Yeah, we made this many movies. Yeah, and how many pe- like how many movies had people of color? This many? How many of them had speaking parts of this many? <laughs> yeah. How many of them had significant screen time? This many? How many of them were not sexualized? This many? You know what I'm saying? That's crazy.
2: And like, even USA Today uh, on Monday, yesterday they had a front page article about Oscars and about how like they they graded every production company.
1: Oh, and I want to see that.
2: Yeah, someone got an F, I forget who it was. Well, but Yeah. Uh, that means that they had literally no, <laughs> no minorities at
0: all, I think. Because we're not
1: yeah. useful for well, storytelling. Uh, and <sighs> that's the
0: thing, it's just, the bottom line is change will only happen if it affects the bottom line. Correct? Right? Once you can prove that this data correlates with more More dollars, more Benjamins, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing's going to change because corporations are by nature Mm -hmm. very risk-averse. right? So if casting Tom Cruise in the movie as a samurai will make more money than (laughs) casting, I don't know, John Cho, they're going to cast Tom Cruise. There's a
1: video that captured... I watched watched this yesterday because of this discussion. Some... Late night guy. I forgot his name. I don't even find the videos. Please let's link it. It was so funny. But they just did a whole video catalog of all the whitewashing. That's a lot Mm -hmm. of it. Not every one because there's too many. But they did a whole segment on just Tom Cruise. Like the last samurai. The Last Samurai. <laughs> the Last Samurai. And they kept going back to him and yeah. his thing. The this entire guy? film. This yeah. guy? Really? Well, this did, guy? did you
0: see the article that came out? I don't know. I think it was NPR or something about Miles Ahead, which is a, the Miles Davis movie that you saw. Yeah. And Don Cheeto was saying, he spent years trying to make this movie happen. Mm-hmm. And... He couldn't get funding until he says, "All right, I'll include a white dude to be a co-star." You and McGregor, yeah, and
1: that's a fake character. He made that guy up, wow. yeah. to play this writer who's following Miles Davis. That's because the didn't investors even...
0: wouldn't give him money until, unless you need a white guy for this movie to succeed. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah, I
1: don't know.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I think this this is a good challenge though, because I think even as a filmmaker, we've we've tried to cast. So this is the tough part, right? Because we've tried to do castings where we want, and usually it's like older woman or older men and there's not that many like Asian 60 year old people who are like trying to be actors and there's just a lack of talent and the great news is now there's like this great wealth of talent that's coming up and I th- I think so. On one end, we as creatives have to be better and just be excellent. So they we have to be in it, right? right. right. And then the other end with our money, we have to speak to and say, you know what, this is important to us. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to see another <laughs> samurai who doesn't look <laughs> like me when you know that's like my background or my heritage.
0: Yeah. Well, you can always I'm go as easy and Saris would cast your your own parents. Yeah, right. his dad's hilarious. Honestly, I've his mom is kind of, of not so good. But I've been his pushing mom? my mom, <laughs> I, I feel but, the same way. Well, she's but no, endearing but knowing, though because knowing she's knowing not. Yeah, knowing that I know, knowing that that's his actual mom made it okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's what was the saving grace if yes. you didn't know that you'd be like who, who, who cast her yeah. but um but the dad was Yeah, our really friend great. Andrew Ahn had the same issue with casting the parents for his new film because he
1: wanted actual
2: Korean right. parents and yeah. that was not how easy how many Korean parents are actors um, unless they're like working super on my dad. big super super big right yeah. and they're obviously super talented people there but they're too big sometimes for even these independent films yeah, so, yeah. um
1: do it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a <laughs> devoted listener to our no, podcast. No, he's the one who's rejecting my interest in film. Minji, <laughs> uh, This is an invitation <laughs> to our casting yeah. call. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but it's good to see, you know, people like Andrew, people like Jason, just yeah. putting stuff out there, creating stuff. And, you know, the thing is, as we continue to hone our collective skills, like, more stuff's going to be made, more opportunities for more um, diverse narratives out there, and sooner or later, like we'll flood the market with our stuff, right um it's getting harder and harder to ignore diversity, and that's that's a good thing that's a cool thing.
1: Get your feet in the door of peoples make your own <laughs> both, it. yeah, but it's like make your own and then you will in the larger context, yeah, the door will be swung open, yes,
0: all right, one last thing before you go get on your break um is. my topic which is something that's been i guess taking over the asian american narrative for the last couple of days and i want to touch upon it on this podcast just because it's kind of why we have this right so um the case of um, officer peter liang and his conviction for manslaughter has mobilized the chinese american community and asian american community in general but in kind of a divisive way so for those of you who don't know um Peter Liang was a rookie cop that um, recently got charged with manslaughter for um, accidentally just charging his weapon in a building in New York, um, killing a unarmed black man named um, Akai Gurley. Just last week, he got convicted of manslaughter, and basically this past weekend, protests all across the country um, took place. Basically, the biggest mobilization of the Chinese American community or the Chinese community in America since Vincent Chin. Right? Yeah. There's. Two sides in this um narrative. One side is saying that there's injustice in this conviction uh, because Peter Liang was is being made out to be a scapegoat for police brutality and that he was hung out to dry by the system. And the other side is saying, well, justice is served like just because he's a minority or a minority. He killed another unarmed black. Killed man. Him, yeah doesn't make him any more special than other cops who did mm-hmm. the same thing. You saw on Facebook, if you're an Asian American, there's no way you missed sure. this story because yeah. it's, it's everywhere. And yeah, but yeah. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Or do you have anything to say? Because yeah, yeah,
2: this, this <laughs> is, a, I mean, what you're getting at, this is like a really tricky issue, I think, or mm-hmm. I, I feel super torn. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. On one hand, I'm incredibly proud as an Asian American that there is a response um, I think so hard sometimes for the Asian American community or the Chinese American community or whatever community um, to be vocal and to sit, stand up and say, you know what, this is we feel really strongly about this. Yeah. We've got to speak out, and I'm very very proud of that response. On the other hand, I'm torn because I don't necessarily, you know, actually, I think a lot of the signs that they're using about this is a tragedy, and we feel for both families. I think that's pretty well thought out, but part of me. I think feels sad that our response is so part of me thinks like man this is part of a larger issue of you yeah. know Black Lives For Matter sure. and right. why are we coming out just in this little sliver right. when it happens so to- much vocal, yeah. 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 yeah so
0: I, get, I think yeah that kind of there's a way to go about this that is literally coalition building like you right. can bring people together against like this issue that's become a bigger bigger issue in the of last couple of years, brutality that's but it kind of feels like there's this still this disconnect between like we want to be active for this cause. This is our cause.
1: And I think there's a really big gray area. This is why it's so tricky. That it's not like if you if you picked any Asian American person off the street, I don't think there'd be any person that'd be like, "Oh yeah, I want that side versus that." I don't think to to lump every Asian American person into like their oh they, they all care just because this guy was Chinese and because they don't care about the Black Lives Matter like. That's why it's so murky right now. And even Mm -hmm. like what Jason's saying, like, I feel really torn about it, too, because it's really weird that when I first saw headlines about this entire trial to begin with, and I can't, this is just my gut. But when I saw that he was potentially, I was like, he's going to get convicted. Yeah. After uh, how many police policemen or, or like law enforcement officers have gotten away with no indictment for very blatantly violent or you know negligent yeah. behavior I'm like why in my heart of hearts did I know that this guy's gonna go to jail right that was my immediate reaction before there was any conviction there's something really shitty about that
2: and it, I understand actually the point and it definitely resonates with me why is it that all these other cops nothing has happened right, right. and on both sides you can say wait a second why is justice only exists in one in this particular scenario right and one thing that I think is actually really great about the dialogue that's happening, it seems like for the people who are even on uh, the, the Liang side, they actually are not saying no. He should be acquitted of everything. He they're, they're saying there should be justice brought to him. Yeah. Um. Maybe not as severe, but across the board. And and I think that's what's missing is it's not okay. I think in any scenario, in my mind at least, right now, that uh, a policeman is like killing an unarmed anyone. Yeah. Like I agree. that doesn't I seem completely. okay. And. We can't ask for justice in one scenario and not justice in another. And we're just seeing injustice everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with race, it becomes even more complicated. Yeah.
1: It just seems so convenient with the timing of everything too. Mm -hmm. Just like what was happening in the context of when this whole shindig was going down with Peter that Part of me, yeah, I think it's like he was he's he's being used as a pawn, like yeah. politically, to make a statement to like, oh, we are bringing justice about. Pr- but why'd you choose him out of like all the yeah, sure, uh, millions, not 1000000s that's, big, that's <laughs> dramatic, but sure. like you know, so many other cases. I mean,
0: part of us probably didn't didn't expect Asian Americans to like be Do you think able so? to organize, Do you or think so? I don't know. That's kind of like that's the conspiracy like, theory, like, it's
1: right? a conspiracy, but because that's like there's pos- truth to that because I mean, we don't the rally whole
0: mono minority. Myth is all about just how we're compliant, we're submissive. Yeah. Okay, it's and also- a myth.
1: Okay, I'm saying, like, this is my argument, too, where it is a myth because, well, we know, because we're friends with people who are very outspoken, articulate, intelligent, and, and will take a stance mm-hmm. on things, right? Sure. But let's look at numbers. And the reason why this is even a conversation right now is because we don't rally like this. Mm-hmm. This is a big deal because it's a rarity, period, mm-hmm. politically or otherwise, right? So...
2: This is ultimately what I wish had happened. Um, I wished when the Black Lives Matter movement started, the Asian American community was just as vocal at that point. I
1: really wish too, because
2: that was our movement as well. Right. I, I realize we are not black, but what they were standing for was something much larger, right? Right. And when this response happened, just when it happens to an Asian American, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, we can't, we can't now claim this title because now it affects us. Like it has affected us this whole time it's kind of weird to insert ourselves a little bit, but I don't know. I see, I definitely see both
0: sides. I don't know if there's like a clear and easy way to come out of this. I agree. Um, I think what, I mean, obviously what we hope for is clear and civil dialogue between the parties so that we all end up more educated. And the truth is the Asian American community, like there is a vast majority of people who like have never engaged, Mm -hmm. um, never felt the need to engage and probably don't have, you know, the, experience or the language to kind of express what they're feeling which is why we're getting all these like miscommunications right yeah where it kind of feels like the protesters are saying well they didn't get convicted so why did he get convicted right where what they they're actually saying is there's an imbalance here there's right. an injustice that's right. yeah, right. in general.
2: yeah right. yeah um what i feel like we're moving towards um is unfortunately at the end of this if we come out and we're more divided Where Asian Americans are more divided from African Americans and more divided from other minorities and more divided even from white like that's gonna be the worst scenario. And that's potentially one way that we we can move. Because I can see the African American community can be like, wait, what WTF? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what are you guys doing? And that's what happened with the LA riots too, right? Mm -hmm. We became more divided and
1: But I think ah, even this conversation, like this is my I'm being very overt with my intentions (laughs) that this conversation and a lot of other conversations, again, I feel very, very lucky because my newsfeed is full of very thoughtful conversations. It's good, yeah. Um, Because I feel lucky that those are the friends that I keep people who, who really do spend their lives writing and understanding these issues. But I also understand that that's my newsfeed and that's not everybody else's. So, in light of that, like, I want the conversation to be more thought through critically to and this be a new facet because it is really interesting intersection of this model minority thing because I, I read in multiple articles like them mentioning the invisibility of the Asian community and mm-hmm. suddenly they're out and mm. if that's like let's think about that you know what I'm saying like and what I'm arguing is that we need to kind of own up to the truths about how active have we been vocally in different circumstances, whether it was about police brutality or whether it's just about showing up and voting, whether Mm -hmm. it's about anything. Right. Um, this is a moment of reflection for all of us to say like, well, from here on out, how are we going to participate? Yeah. Are we going to let this be something divisive and something that causes more anger and like, well, us versus them or to see where things really parallel or like, yeah, feed into one another and it's really like we're all suffering the same injustices together more than you realized until now.
2: Yeah, it's this idea of empathy, right? Like right. now that, hopefully now all these people who are coming out, they know what it feels like to be unjust so that when they see it somewhere else, this is, this is going to happen unfortunately again right. at some point. At that point, we should be able to say, "I totally know how you're feeling mm-hmm. this is injustice. I need to stand out for this as well,
1: right, yeah, which um, is what and again, what I was like really learning and seeing and feeling from my my peers and my friends that have been saying that side of that story for quite a while now, you yeah. know, and my brother and people that I know would go to the protest, they would go support yeah, because yeah. they it's like, I'm not black, but this is still does not take away from me understanding how messed up this is." You know, I don't need to be black to understand this is so wrong. And yeah. um, that's um, was so, yeah.
2: The only other thing I want to say just related to our earlier comment of like sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes we say stupid things. Yeah. Even in this dialogue over the last couple of years, it's only been what, maybe a little bit over a couple of years now. Yeah. I've come out and like the first thing I heard about when I heard Black Lives Matter, I said, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. All lives matter. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. And I had no idea what I was stepping into, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I got this response, and I was like, oh, my God, wait a second. The way that I'm thinking about this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. but it took me a while to figure that out and just say, you know what? Scratch that. Let me delete that. Let me apologize (laughs) and just be like, yo, okay, I was wrong. Right. And I think that that's something that I hope that people, this is such a charged issue because it's race-related, but I hope that's something that we can kind of keep in mind that we all make mistakes, and let's keep that dialogue open to to your point. Right. So. all right heavy stuff could talk everyone no, but good. yeah I mean we're gonna move on to even more
0: heavy stuff in our <laughs> film, so. we're just um, yeah just, just hoping for everyone to come out a little bit more wiser out of this
1: I, I and, believe they yeah. will I believe we will and I think yeah I, I have faith but mm-hmm. also the again silver lining to this is the fact that the intensity of this conversation will speed up the reactions and the responses mm-hmm. and I think I would rather have an intense but immediate, not immediate, but like mm. addressing it more upfront than having this el- like prolong for the next 30 years. Like you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, that. that's what I, I'm hoping that there's, there's significant change in the near future. Yeah. As a result of this conversation and the forthcoming conversations. This is not <laughs> the end of it.
0: All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes with more from our friend Jason. BRB And this podcast is brought to you by the Collaboration Movement, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, showcasing, elevating and connecting creative people in the Asian American world, community world, universe. What's up, Minji? What's going on with collaboration?
1: There's a lot going on. So it's been a really great month. Um, A lot of new applicants have signed up to be volunteers for collaboration chapters. And those applications are still open. It's kind of a rolling ongoing process so if you guys are ever interested in joining a collaboration chapter please check out our website collaboration.org to see if and where you can volunteer because we're always looking to work with like minded awesome creative energetic passionate people um, and we'd love to have you be part of that.
0: Yep. We're also recruiting for our editorial team if you're into writing blog articles about the Asian American community or the cool people that are in it or the cool projects that we're doing or cool 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 um, your
1: word, man. You can
0: cool. send us an email at blog at collaboration.org with your resume and the writing sample. And we'll be happy to give you, <laughs> we'll be happy to talk to you. Yes. What's coming up in the world of collaboration?
1: So we have a couple of really fun events coming up. One particularly before the rodeo hits Houston. Um, they are having an open mic night at Stage Lounge and Live Music. It is Thursday 25th at from 7 to 11 p.m. And uh, yeah, come check out some really great live entertainment courtesy of Collaboration Houston.
0: Also, if you're in the ATL, the 404. Atlanta. the 404, right? I don't know. Do I have that correct? I'm so sorry if I don't. <laughs> Random numbers. <laughs> yeah. Collaboration Atlanta is back. They're Woo. having their first spotlight event in almost uh, two, two years, years. <laughs> um, on Friday, March 11th
1: going to be amazing they're actually having they're having a spotlight performance um with some great acts and they're also having their silent auction which you can be there to support a really great cause and to get your hands on some very cool prizes
0: yeah for more information check out their facebook page they have an event set up for it and if you're an atl and you want to see some awesome asian american talent and also party a little bit get a little turnt this is gonna be a great night. <laughs> I'm sorry. To, that's, to, that's a good sell for that. I've Whoa. been well, to Atlanta parties turned. and those parties are crazy.
2: I think I want to get a little
0: turn. Atlanta <laughs> now. And now, he's, now. He's, yeah. a, he's very
1: inspired. Let's do
0: it. <laughs> Finally, one last plug. If you have any questions you want to send us to the collabcast for us to answer or read on the air, send it to us at podcast at collaboration.org. We're always happy to hear from you. And yeah, that's it for our little break here. Um, more with Jason right now welcome back to the clubcast my name is marwin yoi i'm your host along with christine minji chang or just minji chang because christine is slowly dying Mm
1: -hmm. oh that's so sad Mm, that's all right
0: well you you killed her
1: (laughs) i didn't kill it she withered away
0: And we're here with our friend Jason Lee from Jason Wiley, Jason Wiley, Jason Wiley from the Jubilee Project, um, who has just finished successfully. Well, it's not not done yet, yet. no, but has completely um, reached his Kickstarter goal for his latest movie. That's right, Save Save My My Soul, Soul, which is a documentary about human trafficking in South Korea. That's right, yeah. That's if you didn't think we would get any heavier, we're going heavier. We're going 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 there, guys. Wrong. Oh boy. (sighs)
1: well okay before we get into that topic i mean um you know for those who i'm there's a lot of people who've seen your videos obviously Mm -hmm. but they might not know the story behind the creators behind it because they might have just seen the videos and felt all the feelings that uh a lot of your videos are so good at imparting with with the audience um how many years has it been now can you just
2: it's been it's been about Oh my God, we started in 2010, really. So it's been almost six years, yeah.
1: Okay, so you've been making films for six years. With Jubilee Project, yeah. Which is crazy, with Jubilee Project... I remember, wow, it has been, because I remember yeah. when it first started. Technically, Jubilee
2: Project didn't exist, but the very first video I made with, under our channel was in 2010, in February. Which one was the first video? It, it's an old, old, old He's video. He's like, you don't want you, you to look it up it. Right, yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, you started on the East Coast, right? I started on the East Coast in yeah. New York. Right. Well, so when we first started, it was myself, my older brother, Eddie, mm-hmm. and my good friend, Eric, and the three of us, we were all across the coast. So okay. DC, Boston, and New York. And uh, it wasn't until about three years later that we actually decided to move to L.A. to pursue Jubilee Project full-time. But before that, we were just, you know, hobby on the side. Uh, I was working as a consultant. Eddie was uh, at the White House, Mm. and Eric was in med school at Harvard. So this was just like that. Three things that
1: you could just put aside I mean really
2: <laughs> so we decided to quit we said yeah, you know what we don't make whatever. Video, videos on YouTube it's like taking off your it's socks it's like Asian parents whatever, dream whatever Harvard like <laughs> Asian parents nightmare yeah it's the, na- <laughs> it's the
1: dream and the nightmare well All me and one.
2: Eddie and I <laughs> were the only two sons of Korean parents so you can imagine what happened oh, when we like god. we quit on the same day oh god <laughs> my mom was like oh my god <laughs> she like had a heart attack
1: oh you poor mother I need to give her a hug <laughs> I know
2: she's now very proud of us but at the time everyone I mean really everyone thought we were crazy right yeah like, why would you you work so hard? You went to great schools, you're making a lot of money and successful in the eyes of the world. And suddenly we were like, hey, this isn't cutting it. We want to do something greater. Mm-hmm. We want to live for something greater. And yeah. we decided that the way that we were going to do that was making videos on YouTube. And people said, wait, what?
1: <laughs> what was the turning point then? What was the. the that's what I'm always the most. Because we talk with so many different creative people from yeah. different mediums. Yeah. And there was always. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually for, not everybody had like a big dramatic moment but I'm curious like what was the turning point for you?
2: I've got kind of that moment yeah we, we were doing it for several years and we were making films and every weekend we would go and speak at different events mm-hmm. and which was so cool right we get to talk to young people and say like follow your dream follow your passion and this one time we actually got to hear someone else speak as well and she was sharing about a woman named Bronnie Ware. Have you guys heard about her? Mm-mm. Bronnie Ware, she's a palliative care nurse. So she's a woman who helps people who are on their deathbed about okay. to die. Mm. And she wrote this great blog post, I think, and book about people's biggest regrets when they're about to die. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw
0: that going around.
2: Yeah. yeah. So like of I course, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, you know, my biggest regret was, you know, I wish I had traveled more, I'd worked less, blah, 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 blah. But the biggest regret that she would hear from people who were about to die was, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not one that others expected of me. Mm -hmm. And when we heard that, honestly, for me, it just cut to the heart. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. Like I'm successful. Yeah. Like this is a prestigious job, but I'm doing this because this is what other people expected and not because this is what I really feel like I'm called to do. Right. Right. And, um, I think that compelled us, and it was awesome to be able to do it with my brother and my best friend. Because I think when you're with others, they give you courage. Heck yeah! Yeah. And um, and then we decided to do it together, and it was awesome. It was so much fun. Just when you quit, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is the scariest thing ever." But I'm with people I love and doing what I love. So
1: like, you don't know whether to cheer or whether to throw up because you're like, there's so many feelings. Sometimes <laughs>
0: it happens at simultaneous. Stuff. Yeah, it's, like- it's really <laughs> well. That's the thing when when everything becomes on you right you're not counting on other people tell you what to do you're not counting on the system that's been in place you're trying to figure stuff out on your own everything is high stakes right, right. and becomes much more um, like high pressure and, yeah but also like exhilarating right yeah. like it's I think you know not to go back to our first topic from the I round was table, just thinking about that but I think that's kind of the key thing that our generation is maybe that's the co- cool thing about having being this entire generation is real like having the having the courage to realize that I don't want to do what other people want me to do I want to yeah. do what I want to do right. yeah. and find a way to a pr- provide value for that yeah. and some people are doing awesome things pursuing their passions and showing that it's possible right right
1: but that does take a lot like and that's yeah. what I like I I'm so curious to know. and we have I wish I could talk for hours because I I for every person that ever has done something that they truly care about it came with a lot of Baggage yeah. most often.
2: Well, and that's the thing because a lot of times I get questions from young people, like people in high school and college, who say, Oh my God, I want to do Jubilee Project or I want to quit everything and do this. Mm-hmm. And I say, whoa, 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 that's not what I'm saying yet. Like, yeah. that's not quite the message either because you've got to recognize for three years we were busting our butt like we were not sleeping we were like shipping hard drives and <laughs> you know like we were crazy like it's really difficult to do that with a full-time job and not get fired right. Um, right but we did that because we knew that if we just quit right out and just did it we would have no savings we would have no experience we would not have maybe enough talent or exp- or, or the know-how to do it right and that kind of runway was so critical right. that we had to just learn and make mistakes and fail and it was a safe way to do that.
1: And yeah. I think that's so for me, I think that's such an amazing thing that you are imparting that very real message. You're not sugarcoating it yeah. and that you're there to like stoke the fire, but you're also being like this is what the fire is. Don't forget that this is a fire. Oh, you yeah. will have to go through it Absolutely, and it's yeah. not rosy. It's, you know, are you okay with time.
0: living with your parents? Are you okay right. with, you know, Eating twice a day, uh, you know? We lived in a house with uh, with eight people.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it was crazy. And people were like, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. But and but it was the greatest thing we've ever done. Yeah. Like, it's the best decision I've ever made. And when, when young people say, hey, I, I understand that. And I still want to do it. I'd say, well, you've got amazing mentors everywhere, mm-hmm. including
0: myself, who are yeah. happy to walk you through the tough times. And right. more and more because people are doing more and more stuff. And that's something that I think young people need should realize is, Everyone wants to help, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone in, especially in in this community, understands how important it is that for the next generation to have that support that you know we probably we didn't have, oh yeah, or yeah. had less of. Now right. there's more of us, and there's more chances. And all you have to do is ask, right. but don't be annoying
1: if you're
2: putting the work in then we will help yeah. you. if yeah. you if you want me to give you a job like just to give it to you it's like uh maybe you've got to prove something but yeah uh if you're if i see that you're on mission and you really are focused and you know what that means um absolutely i will do everything i can do to help you
1: and we've done that with collaboration too because we've had so many really dope like they don't end up being the creatives necessarily but they are leaders they're the people that will they'll go out and inspire the people but we're also like you gotta follow through you can't be all words and oh, be yeah. all passion yeah. and then not show up to meetings and the, you know like in our ways we deal with that a lot too where people yeah. are like yeah. well I want a good recommendation letter I was like for what?
2: <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> yeah so Random aside I love collaboration Oh thank you Let me just put that out there because you know from way back collaboration was one of like the early voices for the community right? of uh empowerment through entertainment. I'm not sure if that's still the tag. That but and now we're literally voices over the internet. <laughs> now I'm you one of those. Voice. <laughs> yeah. I feel empowered. <laughs> um no, but it was cool. It was cool to see uh, creatives and and people just doing what they love and were so talented and it was such a great platform. It is such a great platform for people, especially early on to like get out there and and so many of the influential people in our space
0: now you know have that background of collaboration. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's, it's also a good place proud. just to learn about everything goes into being creative. Like it's not just like the idea or the talent, but it's also the people people working the stage, people working the sound, people setting things up, people organizing, people getting money, people like there's a lot of different, there's a lot of ways to use all these skills that we've been trained to do. But for something that's more worthwhile personally, Right. right. Which is
1: why like the learning experience, what I got to learn through collab and doing all these things, it easily translate to my respect for people like you that are working in filmmaking because we understand what it's like to run any sort of production. Yeah. But to make a project come from an idea to reality, from just storyboarding to editing and then distributing out to the universe and letting it have with it what it will. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly hard work. It is not some sort of like picnic (laughs) where suddenly you had ideas and then all of a sudden all this money came to you and all of a sudden all the equipment came to you and all the most talented people came to you to be part of it. And it's not that simple. So that's, you know... my compliment back to you yeah. is that the work that you've done, and I'm sure the development that you've experienced over the last six years of like going from your first video to now, and now doing this documentary, has probably been like tremendous, like ups and downs oh, and yeah. triumph and failure. Oh, yeah, tough definitely. Tough also, I want those. to note
0: one of um, one of the first videos featured um, the sh- was the short film debut of our good friend Slim.
1: Oh yeah, Steve. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. You played <laughs> like your brother? Or something? He did. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, you know, I don't act very well but he was great because he um no he was great he was a very animated
1: a, fellow great
2: big brother is kind of his like the b- role he was born to play he's yeah. good he was great <laughs> he did such a good job and um, yeah we had a lot of fun that was the first time
0: I feel him. like he's always trying to big brother everybody even, <laughs> <Yeah>. I, even <laughs> he is yeah. but
1: in a really loving way and he's an only child which is the funny thing I think he's <laughs> I always just really craved that younger sibling <laughs> so we are all his younger sibling thank you Steve yes that's so funny. We need to pull that video up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The film's She's called like, no. It's called Dear Daniel. Okay. Um, oh my God. Uh, I don't know. My acting in it is like pretty questionable. But uh, he he makes it really he does a good job.
1: Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I wanna see it.
2: Uh, cool enough, even despite how bad and this is I don't know. I don't what this is a testament to, but despite how bad of an acting job I do or whatever still somehow that film has been really, really influential for people's lives, like yeah. young people who are struggling. And and that's the point, is like, at the end of the day, yeah, I am a filmmaker, um, but the larger purpose of Jubilee Project is not just to make films, but we want to inspire a movement of changemakers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's what collaboration is about, too. So I
0: feel like, you know, we're running together in this. For stuff. sure. I mean, art's powerful, and like, I know we seem down on the whole Hollywood or like America <laughs> thing, but the fact remains that America's one of the only countries where you can be an artist and be able to say anything like Mm. there's so many like countries that like you can't really say what you want to express and you know that's something that we are like hashtag blessed to be have (laughs) here in in the states right but
1: can take for granted so it's something to acknowledge that it is it is a luxury Compared yeah. to a lot of contextually speaking with the rest of the world, we're very, very lucky. But that's why I think, again, and re- despite consul, all of the
0: responsibility. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's
1: why I think and this is what my argument with my dad was because my dad is just so against me being in entertainment period. He's like, oh, so you're basically working with like prostitutes and drug addicts. You know, I'm like, well, and my yeah. thing with, and that's his, you know, always been his view, and the fact that I said I wanted, to, I didn't even ever say the words I want to be an actor to my dad because I was like I can't deal with that. Um, I said I want to be making films, I want to be in filmmaking, which I do, like on a broader yeah. s- scale. But he just didn't have that respect, no, no mark of respect. He's just like they're all liars, they're all cheats, and they're all just attention whores and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But Wait, I was telling him, do you think that people. maybe comes
0: with like because art has power, right? That's why governments are afraid of it that's why you know that's why people like you doing what you do on porn Jason is so important um but it's also like it can be used as a tool right For I mean, sure. i'm sure a... like you know our parents grew up in the era of like propaganda right
1: propaganda like and i think the resounding thing that people still see and i don't think again unless you're really in it on a very superficial level you could just look at me like violence and sex sells still is the same thing today so if you're going to look at a very superficial level which my dad does not give a crap to understand all the inner workings or go to Sundance or anything like that. yeah He's going to be like, oh God, that's what you're trying to get into. Do you know what I'm saying? So See, so my dad loves
0: that stuff. Like he can't but stand he like the he, talking movies, but like, give him explosions and yeah. like zombies. But or if like, you were something. a daughter,
1: if you were his daughter, I don't think he would, you know, that'd yeah. be a completely, that's a whole other topic. But, um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like I was, what my argument to my dad was, we're, we're still arguing about this, but I was saying we need people with integrity and with a good, with good intentions, people who are smart and who are passionate about art and creating things of value. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that that's your view on Hollywood, which I'm not saying is completely wrong, but in light of that, then you need people who are who have a Berkeley education. He's telling me I'm wasting my my <laughs> degree. I was like, no, no. I want to use it to like yeah. whatever good I can provide in whatever yeah. way. Like, and that's my argument back. I mean, that's you have films funnel.
0: like Spotlight, which is oh, a yeah. great film about like the topic is heavy, but it's a great film about like the power of journalism, yeah. right? Right, good journalism. You know, not like the the the. Cable network stuff that we're we're used to, but mm-hmm. like actual investigative journalism, like bringing out the truth.
1: And there's been movies right. about like network and stuff that are satire or like critiques on journalism, like the sure. flaws of you know sensationalism and mm-hmm. all the brainwashing that we're trying to do on a daily basis with like everything. But you know, I actually think this is like this actually does bring me back to the documentary that you're making, which is right. A it's huge been ten year. minutes since we. <laughs> no, but like it, <laughs> it really does because what you're making right now. From, I'm personally really hits a very strong nerve mm-hmm. and I rewatched I had watched your uh, trailer back when you guys first announced it which was like two years ago? Way long w- ago. It was a while, while ago. ago. People
2: were like what took you so long?
1: But I rewatched it yesterday and it got wow. me all the feels again yeah. and it's you know that's this again it's a reminder for me the power of media yep. and what what stories are still untold mm-hmm. or what stories are being told but not getting Attention or what have you? There's so much stuff out there. Sure. Um. So I'm just like I'm curious how that has been, and now that you're at this final leg of the night, no, it's not final. I feel like you still have.
2: We still have got kind of a journey. Yeah, you um, got a ways to go. It's been pretty crazy. This whole journey has been crazy because yeah. really this has been like a three year undertaking, and, and to your point, we're not done. Yeah. Right. And it's mainly crazy because I have never made a feature-length anything before, let alone feature-length documentary. And it has by far and large been the hardest thing I've ever done. Right. Like, hardest process and the hardest creative process and everything, raising funding. Um, but it's been really rewarding. Um, the reason why it's so hard on so many levels is because this issue is so complex. Mm-hmm. And we never kind of set out to make a documentary. We were always going to make a really short piece, okay. a short, maybe 15, 20-minute piece.
1: That would have been so challenging.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's so complex. Right. Yeah. And then we we went to Korea the very first time. And we came back with 500 hours of footage, and oh we said, <laughs> and this incredible. So we met these beautiful women and uh, beautiful girls. Really, they were young girls, and who had these horrific experiences. And and we wanted to do it justice. And we said, okay, I think actually the best way to do this, even though it's going to be way harder, is to make a documentary. Mm-hmm. And we were like. Even two years ago, when we put out the trailer, we were like okay we 're nearing the end let's <laughs> let 's put out this trailer and like get a little buzz around it and we had no idea that it would take another We went back to Korea several times after that. Uh-huh and now um now we think at least we've we've shot everything we've got like rough cuts of it we're we're getting much closer to the film nice. um but this the reason for the kickstarter was wow there's so much money that goes into it on the back end mm-hmm. and um yeah the reason why we're so we're so excited we're so grateful that we even hit this goal but the reason why we even have stretch goals now is, is like oh my god this this is far more expensive than we even expected to mm-hmm. but um It's been tough, and uh, it's tough because it's a heavy topic. Um, Honestly, it wasn't a topic I knew that much about, prostitution and and sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. When we first got the email from this pastor in Korea, I said, what? Korea? Like, honestly, I'm Korean-American, you know, and I'd been to Korea. Like, most of my family actually lived in Korea, my extended family, and I've been to Korea, like, so many times in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I had thought about prostitution. I thought about places like Amsterdam or Brazil or even Atlanta, like, all these places. But for some reason, it just never occurred to me that Korea, this magical place with with kogi, like, like <laughs> Korean <laughs> Bright barbecue. Bright lights and Wi-Fi everywhere. Exactly. And and PC bangs, like, that this would ever have prostitution. And when we start to see what we saw and learn what we did, it just broke our heart. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Um And the challenge is that in Korea, prostitution and really what is sex trafficking is is really rampant. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are hundreds of thousands of women who are there who are victims of sex trafficking. And not only that, um, this kind of culture around paying for sex is so common. Right. And and pretty well known, but also still kept uh, a little hush hush. Right. And um, that's been a little heartbreaking as well
1: definitely i mean to hear to watch the trailer and every the the korean speaking parts hearing it in korean and then to know what they're saying already and then to see it and it's just two different levels like just wounding me but and it's something i actually worked in uh violence against women and children prevention work okay um for my work right out of college i worked for a nonprofit called prevention institute and i used to go out and speak about how to prevent violence and things like that. And something that's really near and dear to my heart. But for me, it's to like understand on a very pandemic level worldwide, it's such a, an issue that is so common. And so no matter how beautifully glossy and that's, I think that's the irony with Korea. And that's why you as a, as a person who viewed it as such a beautiful, magical place would Mm -hmm. never imagine that it could be so painful and so cruel. And so like heartless, um, that it is such and like that's this. It's, sadly, it it gets hard to stay optimistic about humankind when so many things that you love also under this umbrella of these beautiful places that we get to visit and enjoy in the same place, all this yeah. stuff happens right in front of your eyes as well. Yeah, or right behind you, or right. I don't know where the right thing.
0: I mean, it comes back to just everyone's like if you think about it, a lot of for a lot of people like the value of a human life is kind of, like, effed up, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's not, this kind of thing happens when you don't view someone as human. Yeah, or, absolutely. you know, you view them as property, view them as, you know, stuff. Which, like, brings, you know, connotations to slavery, connotations to, like, even, like, women's rights and things like that. Like, right. there's so many things that we don't realize is so recent. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, one, <laughs> just to both of your
2: points, really one statistic I heard recently about just, Human trafficking or slavery, human slavery, on a global level. Right now, they said that there are 27 million people who are victims right now yeah. of human trafficking, some sort, not necessarily sexual. Sometimes it's labor and mm-hmm. child.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's more than any number of slaves ever in the history of of like mankind. Right, which is crazy because we're like, wait, what? what where, where we've progressed so much? What's happening? <laughs> right, right, and it's heartbreaking. But I think it's to that point that. Yeah, man, we're capable of such terrible evil, Mm -hmm. like such terrible atrocities. But on the flip side, even in the making of this film, what I've seen is that we're also capable of incredible good. Right. And even the women who have been victims of such terrible atrocities are some of the most generous and some of the most beautiful, some of the most incredible people I've met and doing so much for the cause, too. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives me hope because I know. Because this is what happens, actually. A lot of people say, why are you focusing on Korea? Why are you making us look bad? And, and that's not our. That's not the intention, right? Yeah. Because I am acknowledging, you know, it is everywhere. It is something that is everywhere. Um, but here we want to, it's something that hits very close to home. Right. And um, we also feel like we have an opportunity and almost like a responsibility now to at least create that dialogue. Right. And...
1: Because it's so close to your heart and because it's something that you do connect with and mm-hmm. these really, you can't really even articulate how, like I can't articulate how, like yeah, it hits so close to me and why it matters to me. It matters just as much that all women, whether they are Korean or not, be that they are not victims of this right. kind of treatment, but if this opportunity to tell that story came in, fell into my lap or like this came to you, came to me the way that this pastor came to you with this story and with this plea or with this request or whatever it was that he approached you with. Why? It's a simple yes or no question. You're either going to say, yes, I'm going to go for it. No, I'm not. And if it does resonate with you, then of course there's going to be people who are going to be terrified because they're going to be essentially put on the chopping block. And that's a very big part of the Korean culture is like, you don't talk about anything that,
0: Makes us look bad.
1: Makes you look bad in any way.
0: Well, I'm just saying you guys are pretty much describing the plot to spotlight right now. Yeah, yeah. basically.
1: <laughs> well, and No one else is like that. It's <laughs> just the Catholic Church, and it's just Korean people. And
2: <laughs> This was the most bizarre part for me, actually, was when I first started hearing about it, I was really, really heartbroken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only what happened to the women, but we started hearing the statistics about the men in Korea, yeah. and they say um, over 50% of Korean men have paid for sex at some point in their life. And and we think actually that number is actually much higher than that. Some people say I was eight out, say, 10, I was like, that out of 10, nine out of 10, uh, the majority of men. And at first I was like, what the, the you know, these men, and I was like so angry. And then I took a moment, I was like, wait a second. I don't think I'm actually any, be- like I'm not any better. And actually, as I look around my family, even all my cousins and my uncles, I'm like, oh my God, like, yeah, we can be really upset about that. And we should be. But these are people I know. And that's when I started to realize that we're each capable of that. Mm -hmm. I I really believe if I was born and raised in Korea, I would be paying for sex. I would think nothing of it. And I know that just even the things that I've done, I'm like, man, I could so easily fall into that. And that's why. Because it's a
1: normalized part of the culture there.
2: Exactly. It's not seen as, I think people know it's kind of bad, but everyone does it, so it's okay. Right. what can we kind of. Unless
1: somebody shines a light on it.
2: Right, right. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> exactly
1: yeah
2: um so our our message not of like shame and condemnation right, it's right. more of hey we're all broken like i am just as broken and i am just as really just as guilty of doing terrible things um it's just we need to be able to say hey this is not okay right. like we're 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 treating people marvin to your point we're treating people like things and objects and not as people who are supposed to be loved
1: yeah. And so. that's like I think this is actually funny because I was having a completely separate conversation with a friend about siblings, younger siblings, and um he I'm just not naming, but I'm just putting this out there as this hypothetical but real situation of um siblings Let's that call are, him
0: Barney. Barney. Your friend Barney Barney's
1: brother <laughs> yeah. has been getting high a lot right and there's a lot of uh controversy about weed and like mm-hmm. its safety and um its you know ju- acceptability as as a recreational drug and this, his brother is in college and things like that and we just had this long conversation and the, I think if we had had this conversation even 5 years ago I think I would have been really of a different mindset mm-hmm. just because of how laws have influenced our you know acceptance of this being something okay to just do if you do responsive responsibly and legally etc but we're having this whole conversation and the main thing that we ended up talking about in general was the idea of consequence and like to say that everything has a consequence like whether you address it or not or whether you bring it to light or not it has consequences so this action of whether you're doing drugs or you're like you know use treating people as objects it it's not going to happen in perpetuity for it to never have an effect Mm -hmm. and the thing that i always like really try to bring it back to humanize it with violence against women because people like well that doesn't happen i was like the statistic is three out of four women experience abuse in some form whether it's financial emotional like or physical or sexual abuse that clearly doesn't involve anybody you know but to humanize it's like what if that was your sister, or your mother? Like, why does it have to be so far fetched and, like, of no consequence to you? Because you don't personally know that it did happen to your mother, sister, cousin, whoever, or your teacher, or your bank teller. Who cares? Like, yeah. w- w- why is that of no consequence to you? So that's to me, and it's not to shame people, like you said, it's just like to bring light to the fact that this is also something that people do do and that it has real consequences to the people that it's happening to. Absolutely. That's the part that really just, I was like on the verge of tears to know what these women in just five seconds sharing in one line, how it makes them feel to be treated like that. I mean, ugh, just, it broke my heart. So, I mean, and I know that you went through so much to make this happen Mm -hmm. too, because I saw, like I saw the footage of you getting cussed out.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: And, yeah, can are you allowed to share? Sure, because um, I'm like, how did that curious. happen?
2: Yeah, I mean, one thing that we thought was really important because if you actually go around Korea and you talk to people and say, "Oh my gosh, there's like a red light district here," or and be, we're, we're shocked, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah. yeah, yeah," and we say, "Oh, but the, the women in there, like, they are they feel like this is all terrible stuff happening." They're like, "No, no, no, it's okay. like." But it's, uh, especially when we talked about the people who maybe are not experiencing it directly, they say, oh, no, they want to be there. Or they, they've got this kind of image or perception that they don't.
1: They are women of the night.
2: Right. Like, and. They're asking for it. They choose yeah. to do it, blah, blah, blah. And what we realized really quickly was that if you don't see it or if you're not f- confronted with it, you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's just human nature. Right. right, right, right. There's, that's for all yeah. of us. So we thought it was so important to show what is happening in the brothels um, to show the women, even. Um, so one thing that was really important for us was that we decided that we were going to bring hidden cameras into the red light districts. And this is like... It's brave. Well, it was stupid, really. <laughs> it, it was brave, but it, it was mainly stupid because we didn't realize just how dangerous that was. Yeah. Um, you know, later you learn and you realize, like, oh, my God, like, everything is run by kind of pimps and mafia and gangs. Yeah. And if we were caught, I think it would have been really, really tough. Um, and we were nearly caught once. But um, we felt like it was so important to go and do this. And, yeah, probably the, the clip you're probably referring to is in, in our Kickstarter video. And there's these two men, and they're, they're like, do you have a camera and I think it's, we were asking so many questions because we wanted to hear the perspective. Of, because when, we're, when we've got this big camera out and we're saying, wait, why do you pay for sex? No one's like, oh, well. Everyone does, it, you well, know. First
1: of all, I had exactly. issues with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was but, rejected. And, uh... But when
2: we were in the red light district, we realized that all these men, they thought that we were there paying for sex too. So yeah. they're like, oh yeah, like, you want to have a good time? Like, And they were chatting. They're just like, you know, it's like, unfortunately, it's like locker room talk. Mm-hmm. And so Eddie and I, my brother Eddie and I, who are both in the red light district, we we started asking them like, oh, don't you feel, what do you think about this? And I think we started asking all these questions to the point that they're like, w- w- "These guys are not here to have sex. Yeah. Like, these guys are not here to like meet this women. Yeah. And um, very quickly, I think one of the the groups of men thought that we had a hidden camera, which we did, and we had to run. And yeah, yeah. So you'll see that in the film at some point when when the film
0: comes out. That is crazy. It's the big action scene. Yeah, the
2: big action. <laughs> Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: exactly. How much the big longer? the robots come out? So how much longer do you think it will, the process will take now we, to um, finish, finish it? We
2: hope the film will be done by the summer, at okay. the very latest. So this, this funding is going to be so helpful for us. Um, hopefully we'll raise even a little bit more. But uh, we want to be done by the summer, and we eventually wanted to – we'd like to be in film festivals and all that, but eventually we wanted to be just seen by as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go on like a, a spring tour or a, maybe a fall tour. Uh, And we wanted to be on like Netflix. That's our goal.
1: I'm curious too, like just by sharing the film. The film is one thing, and it's it's a really important Mm -hmm. thing. But when it comes to what do you think? And this is a really big question. Yeah. But like, what can be done to stop it? The exposing thing is a big deal. It's
2: a really, really good question. But there's
1: been a lot of exposure for a lot of other. um, I mean, so many. Like, it's everywhere everywhere which is so sad and
2: it's a good question and it's so frustrating because there's not always a good answer yeah um and the reason i say that is because if there was like one law that we're like if we change this law then everything will be better uh, there's nothing really that's like a simple fix
0: it just Um, pushes it more underground too yeah and actually
2: the laws are actually written pretty well now which is really fascinating but what good is a great law and great whatever, if none of the people who are enforcing the law actually believe in the law. The right. policemen or the prosecutors. Right.
1: Because they want to have access to...
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's like very <laughs> intertwined, right? Yeah. It's very kind of corrupt in some way. Um So what we kind of... What we believe needs to happen is that there needs to be almost a, a, like a paradigm shift of the way that the culture exists and the way that men and women... The society thinks about women, mm-hmm. about these women yeah. and sex how do you do that? Right? right. Like, I don't know. Um, Because
0: like South Korea has a woman president so, you know, solved, right? Right, you would think. We're good now. You would think. but I mean, it's the same thing with like, you know, the Catholic Church started going through reforms and you know, their Mm -hmm. their new Pope kind of kicks ass right now. I
1: love the new Pope. Um,
0: But it took like this big scandal and it took, you know, one thing we we all say that Koreans have a lot of is pride, right? Cultural (laughs) pride and maybe this is something that, you know, would hurt their pride so much that they want to change. I mean, that's one one possible outcome. But the other outcome is like doubling down on. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think
2: we're we're preparing and we kind of know that this is inevitable. That there's going to be a backlash. Lashback, there's, lashback. Yeah. Shush. A lashback hashtag. Mm, lashback. <laughs> lashback. Um, <laughs> but that, I think that's inevitable because obviously this is not like uh, something that k- Koreans or Korea or even me as a Korean-American I'm proud of like that this is happening. Of course. Um, so we know that there's going to be that kind of response but I think ultimately it's going to if there is a big response it's going to be worth it hopefully mm-hmm. right. because at least people will be talking about it. at least maybe we might be able to move the needle in that way. And they'll probably I agree see it. I, I mean
0: Netflix yeah. Netflix is in Taiwan. I don't know if They just in came Korea into Korea. They yeah, just
2: yeah they're Korea. Crazy, so. And yeah, here's think, the thing actually hard. there's there's yeah, been some do. documentaries that have been made on this issue, but no one will watch it. Right? Like no one in Korea will watch it because they're made by Korean filmmakers, and and they they've kind of already kind of dissociated. They're like ah, yeah, we know what that's about. And yeah. but I think for better or for worse, because we are Korean Americans and is coming from a Western standpoint. Yeah. There's this kind of like ooh. There's a
1: whole other level. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like on a personal level, I can I can feel the. I have anxiety thinking about what kind of response I'll be. But again, my mind is always remains hopeful that the response to whatever degree of intensity in whatever direction will prompt more of a response of people feeling braver. Like I want the people, cause I know that there are people who know about it and hate it as much as yeah, you and yeah, I do, absolutely. but they, they feel powerless or they feel like, well, this is just how it is. So what am I going to do right. I'm going to stress out Over something And like Kill myself Or something I can't change Or Or the people That are victims Or ex- you know Their relatives Or their friends Or whatever Former victims Or people People who have A change of heart In in, in light of like Coming face to face With what they're doing Yeah There's so many Different things But yeah I stay hopeful That whether it's Korean Or whether it's Thailand Or Amsterdam Or whatever sure. To recognize And then empower The people who Would not have Otherwise spoken mm-hmm. To suddenly be like not okay with it, <laughs> not partaking, yeah. mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah. Because you even that.
2: That's why really this is all contingent on a movement of people who are standing up and saying no. Right. Right. And
1: and even if it takes 20 years, at least it's starting to move the needle, like you said. Yeah,
2: yeah. So one of the great things is we're seeing, even just with this Kickstarter, the response was not crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I think we hit 50% within three or four days of announcing. Nice. And I think for me, that was just sort of, And it wasn't because I think people were like, we love Jason, we love Jubilee Project. It wasn't because of that. It was because people were saying, oh my God, this is an injustice. I want to stand up against injustice. Yeah. And um, I think if enough of us do that together, then we can create some change in Korea and around the world. Wow. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, looking forward to watching that film.
2: Thank you. Yeah, for anyone else who still wants to be involved, we've got a week left on the Kickstarter. Uh, if you heard about it here, please let us know and hashtag, what? club collaboration. Yeah. Collab- collaboration. yeah, collaboration. Yeah. Either of those. Same Minji sent you. Minji, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just so we can show Jason
1: you. Jason Y. Lee sh- <laughs> sent you. Yeah.
2: Show you some love as well. But uh we're so grateful for anyone who just joins the movement because I think it's so important no matter how much the amount is. So. No,
1: yeah. oh, thanks for sharing this and honestly, yeah. I, like, I'm just amazed to like know you and see all the work that you guys have been doing, but this is like a really big one and whatever we can do to help get the word out.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well on that note, let's move on to emails. We got an email from our friend Alvin from Sace.
1: What's oh, up, Alvin? I love Sace. He uh, Society for Asian Scientists yeah, and Engineers, out. y'all. They're great.
0: <laughs> Alvin writes, Hey guys. I am a couple episodes behind, but I recently listened to the episode where Minji incorrectly stated that the Iowa Hawkeyes are the Buckeyes. Leave
1: me alone. Whoa. As an overtly
0: proud Buckeye myself, I was fairly offended. I can see how the whole Iowa and Ohio and Hawkeyes and Buckeyes thing can get mixed up. But man, do I get UC Cal Berkeley mixed up with UCLA That's when talking about
2: Bears and Bruins? These LA people—they think so I'm from the Midwest. Uh-huh. I'm from. Are you? Are you? You're from the Bay. I'm from the Bay. Where Marvin, where are you from? I'm from You're from like h- I'm from LA. Yeah, LA. LA yeah. Everyone thinks Everyone from L.A. thinks everything in the middle is just this one blob. And it's all the same. I'm from Kansas. <laughs> so everyone's always like, oh, you're from Kentucky, right? Like, you're from Arkansas. And Kansas like,
1: City Orioles, right? Am I right? No. no. Oh, I'm wrong. Baltimore Orioles. Kansas we just City. won the World
0: Series. <laughs> I'm Kansas sorry. City Royals. Royal,
2: Kansas
1: Royals. Kansas City Royals. I'm sorry. Okay, so Alvin, I'm
2: Alvin, I'm right there with you. You gotta stand strong.
1: I'm not proud of this. Midwest I apologize. <laughs> sorry, chill, <laughs>
0: Alvin. Go back and eating your, your chili spaghetti, whatever you guys have there. The <laughs> oh, Skyline's the back talking now. At <laughs> <And>, uh, <he's laughs> least I'm coming a response, from a place you know.
1: of uh, being apologetic.
0: He actually has a question though. Oh, he's, okay, he's giving me some shade. But <laughs> my question for you guys this week is, and it's very timely based on our earlier conversation. Oh, good. What is the best and worst hashtag teen slang? And why? I don't even, I can't keep up. Oh, hashtag teen slang.
1: You just told me about one today. Oh,
2: the the Damn Daniel? Damn
1: Daniel. Oh my
2: God, that was stuck in my head for a week. Is that awful? The worst or the best? Because I haven't decided yet. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just fascinated by it. I, I don't hate it or love it. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this had such a, that's like the crazy thing about the internet.
1: Well, they need something to freak out about. Right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's what the internet has shown is that everyone wants to, like, crowd around something. I just
0: watch something happen, I, Yeah, right. and just go, Ahh. I enjoy learning the newest teen vernacular. What are some of the new... <laughs> hashtag fleek, hashtag sus, hashtag- I bet you the fleek is you already gone. Sus? Sus? sus, what is sus? sus? is the new, like, shady. S-U-S? Yeah, it's... it's thing short for suspect. Can the, you, like, use that in a... Oh. Like how we use... We would use the word sketch. Oh, it's kind of sketchy. They would... See, the kids nowadays
2: say sus. sus oh man that sounds, like
0: sounds like a bad word though mm. yeah <laughs> that's mad sus, but
1: that's yeah. why it's so appealing oh, to I the like youngsters turns, turns not
0: even it anymore it's, right? not it's lit. lit now it's lit you yeah get lit. Lit. let's get lit i don't i kind of like how it how do we know these things it's great <laughs> it, it,
1: it, through I, osmosis i bet a couple of cousins movie.
0: who have to ask everyone as well what yeah i looked up oh this shows how hello fellow young people let's play some Pokemon. i know right
2: like, my job is, like, social media, right? <laughs> Movement creating. And I literally had to look up... This is so embarrassing. I was like, what is this key emoji that I'm seeing everywhere? Right? Do, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, no. the keys to success? I no. Oh, you guys don't know? No. So, you know, are you guys not does seeing this? Does it mean this? turned? <laughs> There's, like, an image of a key that people are just post. And I was like, where is this coming from? Where does this originate? Because people continue to use it, even, like, kind of big names and it's from uh what's this guy's name dj is it dj Khalid oh we're gonna sound so old like so not with it hello billion people he's like a snapchat like phenomenon huge huge Khaled, huge. Yeah. yeah and he talks about the keys to success all the time i guess so now instead of people saying the keys to success they'll just use that key because emot- typing should- is just so hard guys you guys didn't hear about this? Wow. Okay, I feel less. I feel less bad. But this now is a, just
1: school. Does it's well, a
2: thing that's happened? <laughs> I, I think it's almost passed already. Almost, because this
0: was a couple months ago when I had to look it up. Back in my day, okay. we used to just use like we we started the LOL. It still lasts to this day. <laughs> that's true. timeless. That's timeless teen slang. Now it's just lols. We got the Burbs, lulls. the BRB, BRB. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The um,
1: TTYL. No one says that. The anymore. two like
0: uh, hat things that indicate anime happy eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You,
1: yeah, you'll see that. But are now it's as, just emojis. It's a, it's a whole other world.
2: Are you guys in the GIF game? I know p- some people call it GIFs, GIFs, GIFs. They're not graphics. They're okay. graphics. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? What, are we in the
2: like? Some people I know are so. I would almost call it fluent in using. They're GIFs. so fast too. Yeah, like they. It's almost as if. So I'll be texting someone, and they'll send me back a, a GIF or a GIF, whatever. I'm on. I GIF think, is a. The- Brand of peanut butter. I'm on Team (laughs) GIF. I I don't know why. I I know.
1: I called it that too.
2: But they'll send back one that's so relevant and pertinent to that that moment. And um, yeah, it's just that's a big thing. Some some thirteen year olds listening is like how old is this? Oh, no. <laughs> I assure you, no thirteen year olds listen to this oh, okay. podcast right now. Okay, if we, am I hitting the right demographic that like everyone not, else is like? Oh, that's what that kid. If is. you're a
0: thirteen year old, I applaud you for making it through. Send us an email. We want to hear about what's
2: sex your, trafficking. There, yeah, <laughs> well, I want to hear about what are, what. are we missing?
1: What? Yeah, I don't even know. That's. I feel like I. I, I'm, I feel
0: like I'm out of
2: date with like. 20 I'm not educated too,
1: enough so. to answer Alvin's question. <sighs> uh, Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Well.
2: <laughs> random story but like I speak a lot at universities and high schools and usually when I'm talking I'm like I get really excited so I'll be like oh the young people we're creating a movement (laughs) and one time they're in the Q&A someone raises their hand they're like how old are you you're not oh that was the first time I was like oh my god we're not together like they see me as an old man now Oh. Because I I think I look pretty young, so usually people are like, "Oh yeah.
1: yeah, like you could be a student." Yeah.
0: I think when you're talking to other Asians, they can see right through that. Oh, yeah, it's different like, when you,
1: it's different when you're talking to the English. way like that's we
0: talk and the way that like it's like we we're saying like the reason why we think young people like we now realize we're dumb as young people is because we're not old. Got it. And Got we it. Have <laughs> that's true the uh, benefit of perspective and oldness. The bubble has burst. <laughs> start using the word sus all the time. <laughs> we should. It annoys <laughs> them. Oh yeah, it, uh, makes, it drives him uh, crazy. No, In
1: particular, when you do it, Marvin, because you say it with such contempt. <laughs> There's like an underlying contempt. We're gonna, we're hello, fellow young
0: people. people. Are we freaking out today? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go and get lit? Get lit? <laughs>
1: that's how he says it. People are
0: like, man,
2: we're like that old uncle now, like you know that weird cousin <laughs> that's like, oh my god, please. Did stop. Did you really
1: just say that? Stop it! I don't, yeah. I'm not related. Can you to not
0: you. be with next to us? Go away. Some people can pull it off, though. I cannot but, yeah. but you still
1: do it that does not make you I'm still cool stop.
0: I'm still hip you're oh, no. so <laughs> jiggy with it Just
1: jiggy with it oh my god that's all you're like 20 years old that's you know, is so ish. old some
0: well thank f- you <laughs> don't know
2: that Will Smith even raps or used mm-hmm. to
0: anyways <laughs> well thank you for the email Alvin it really made us feel really old thank you mm-hmm.
1: thank you very much
0: and that'll do it for this episode of the Cloudcast. Jason, thanks a lot again for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. If people want to find more of your stuff, where can they go? Uh, if you want to learn
2: more about the film, uh, go to SaveMySoul.com. Soul, S-E-O-U-L, dot lcom And then just Jubilee Project. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And subscribe to us on YouTube.
0: Awesome.
1: We didn't do this in our announcements, but... If you are so inclined and enjoyed this podcast, please share.
0: Oh, yeah. The oh, link yeah.
1: And share this with your friends. Totally.
0: I totally follow. <laughs> is there a collab cast? We have a hashtag handle? that's been going oh, on. People we have amazing, a hashtag. Hey? We have. Um, we're okay. on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on. Um, Clamor. Clamor. We're going to be on Google Music. Uh, we're on TuneIn. Okay.
1: But you can always find us at collaboration.org. That's yep. where Marvin puts up. Can follow all our RSS
0: feed. And yeah, if you're on iTunes... I almost thought you said us, our sus feet. I you thought you said that too. <laughs> I was like, is that the correct usage of that word? Sus I know. Feed? I was like,
1: wait, that doesn't sound right. Oh. I'm totally
0: cool, guys. If... You're on iTunes. Um, give us a quick review and a rating. Um, Nothing less than five stars, though. Is that right? Yes, please. We've been getting a lot of five star ratings. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. Good. I, I, as
1: far as I know, they're sincere. Yeah.
2: I have not done that yet, so I will. I will oh, come thank, you. thank you so much. Yeah, i be like that one episode with that Jason Wiley character. Six <laughs> That's the best the episode, obviously. Yeah. You should delete that one.
1: No. #hashtag <laughs> #hashtagObvi <obby. laughs> I'm such a loser. Anyway, we're going to close with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for all your support. Yeah. We love you.
0: Thanks again to the Playwrights for letting us use their songs for the intro and outro. Um, the song is Backyard Paris off their new album, Jane's Dad's Cadillac. And that'll do it for the cloudcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.
1: Bye. Peace.